I mean, if there was a camera looking at you when you just finished like the Alita thing or something, and you just put it on for the first time and you're like, oh, like, what does that feel like? Honestly, I'd probably fall on my bed and just like, I'd probably finish painting the last thing and be like, oh. Welcome to Creative Insanity. Creative Insanity. I'm Servant, a rap artist and producer from Canada, and my guest today is Ali Viner, a brilliant cosplay design artist. In today's episode, we examine some of her artwork in detail, we talk about her process, as well as her education in properties and objects. We both explore why we quit our early career plans and pursued creativity, how our faith intersects with creativity, and we get into the magic of film as inspiration. I also reveal what my next rapification project is going to be, and we discuss the potential props involved, sowing the seeds for potential collaboration. And before I forget to add, her prop her Instagram handle is Allie underscore Viner underscore cosplay. A-L-L-Y underscore V-Y-N-E-R underscore cosplay. I know you're going to come out of this conversation feeling inspired. This is going to be some great fuel. I hope that you enjoy it. Let's get into the conversation. Allie Viner, welcome to Creative Insanity. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to have you. This is a bizarre um, meeting of the minds that's going to happen because... I never would have encountered you if I didn't, if I wasn't following an Alita Battle Angel hashtag because of one of my own projects yes. that I put out there. Yeah. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself uh, to my audience and just just say hi a bit about who you are and why you're a creative person or who, what kind <laughs> of creativity you do. Okay. Uh, so my name is Ali Viner and I live in Sydney, Australia. I just turned 20. Uh, I've been cos cosplay is my creative outlet, um, my my passion at the moment. Uh, I've always liked art. I've always been kind of good at it at school and all that. But I kind of fell into the more building, costuming, cosplay world at about fifteen, I would say, um, when I actually started making things out of cardboard. Um, I love the show Adventure Time, <laughs> um, which right I believe, yeah, uh, I was really into that when I was probably like. 13 and then I was like hey I want to build some of the, like I loved all the swords I liked all that stuff so I mostly made the swords I didn't actually make any costumes from that show but that's what kicked me off um and yeah I'm mm, interesting question why I'm creative <laughs> um yeah. I know it's a tough one I, that's why I asked it. <laughs> why why am I creative I would say it's very obvious that I'm creative um, as opposed to logical. I've never been that good at planning things, organizing, hmm. definitely more of a left-sided brain person. I hope that's the right side that I'm talking about. No, the left side that I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I wouldn't um, know. You're probably right. We'll go with that. <laughs> um, I think left side is analytical. I could be oh, wrong. Oh, is it? I think so. Okay. Well, that shows how much, yeah, how, how much how, I remember. How much we both know, stuff. really. <laughs> They, they the work, not, yeah. Ultimately, they work that. together. Ultimately, they work together, but it's sort of like the processes. I think the left brain processes are more mathematical, regimented, ordered, whereas see, the I right see. brain, right brain, is a little bit more open to, to other. I think things. that's that sounds right. <laughs> I just yeah, I have trouble remembering which one is which. Yeah. But um, I think yeah, I'm definitely creative for expressive purposes. Um. Um, 
I do like showing my work to other people. I didn't really utilize social media until really recently to do that. I didn't even know that existed for um, for cosplay or anything. And then, yeah, once I started doing the social media thing and only a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, by the way, yeah, I'm not a massive social media person. Well, that's I what found, struck wow, me as, a, as interesting mm-hmm. about you is that you've got, I mean, as far as I'm not a cosplay expert, um, I'm, I'm not a... Uh, fabric expert, like I don't understand the techniques that you're doing. I'm going to ask you about them. But for me, it looks world class. Like I saw some of your photos. In fact, I'm going to pull some up. So for people who are <laughs> listening, you can't see them. So I'm sorry. But um, you're going to check her out on Instagram. And you're going to get to see these just how incredible not only the photography is and her costume, but we're going to look at some of the behind the scenes stuff. Just real brief. We, we're not going to dwell on it. But I just want people to see how crazy good what you're doing is. Right. So people should be able to see this and you can see this. So this is the Alita Battle Angel stuff that I saw. So I did a rap project, Battle Angel related. And I was like, wow, holy crap. Like this person has nailed it. Um, (laughs) The blade, the costume, the arms and the hands. But we can see in more detail these are just some really good shots. But look at these arms. Um, every finger seems to have like a multifaceted element to it. They don't even look like human arms. Oh, first of all, thank you very much. Um, this was definitely one of the more complicated like pieces or like costumes I've done just because, yeah, it's got so many um, pieces all over it that have to move as you move and all that. And I really wanted to emulate Um, Because I saw the movie and I hadn't, I confess, I'm not like a super fan of Alita. Like I would say I was for the, when the movie came out, but I didn't know the manga. I wasn't like, I know she's called Gali Gali, um, in the manga or something. More Um, than me, I I just know the film. (laughs) Yeah, same. I'm I'm a bit of a, yeah, I'm a bit of a film nut for that. Um, uh, So yeah, I really liked her berserker body. Um, I liked, I started looking up the animator. I can't remember his name, Um, but I followed him on Instagram. Uh, he was super cool and he posted lots of like reference photos. I noticed they were slightly different, but they were really good. Um, there's a few really good websites mm. out there about like how they built the body and like what kind of materials they used in 3D model. And I more than anything just wanted to recreate that. They, Of course, it's kind of impossible because it's like CGI and you're trying to pull it into the real world. Right. And make it look- what a challenge. Oh, well, let's, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> let's walk through some of these photos just real quick. So what I'm looking at here is... It looks just like a bunch of foam cut up, like into yeah. these interesting shapes. Um, yes. how, what is this process? Like, what are you doing here? Okay, so this has been after I patterned everything. And when I say patterned, I, I have a duct tape foam mannequin that I have that's the size of me. Huh. And I just wrap that in duct tape. And then I draw out. I have lots and lots of reference photos of the costume, like lots of different angles of the arms. And I just draw out. Um, like that's the pattern there um, mm. where I want everything and then you cut it out you try your best to remember what goes where oh, and man. Um, then you transfer it onto foam and then you I like sanded it um, with a Dremel and a belt sander um, oh so this would be the dummy not dummy I, yeah what, this is the dummy thing yes the dummy <laughs> the, the u-shaped dummy that you've got yes. this thing wrapped <laughs> around the arm man yeah I mean even just and, this is impressive like you had it's not all come together yet in these photos but it's like how did you even you're like thinking in um, 3D shapes or something. It's also about, I found that like sometimes you can't achieve what you want to, like you want it to look amazing. You want it to look super cool and cinematic and you want it to be really like really accurate. 
But a lot of things I've noticed with like when I'm in the patterning phase of costumes is that I have to adapt it as best I can to my body because like obviously she's an animated character and she has yeah. really, really thin arms. And so I was like, okay, no matter what I do, my arms are going to look thicker because I've got my arms. Then on top of that, like an extra centimeter layer of foam yeah. around that. So I had to adapt the pattern just a tiny bit to be able to like wrap around me. So like instead of making it out of like yeah. five mil foam for the fingers, I made it out of two mil foam, like so that it would wrap around my fingers and like not be so bulky looking. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, what I'm looking at right now is an image of looks like you've drawn the hand. Yes. And see, I'm imagining hand. you put your hand on a piece of paper and then just traced around <laughs> it like that. That's how I do it. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. It's <laughs> a little more complicated than that. No, literally, I put my hand on a piece of paper. Oh, really? I, yeah, I drew out. Um, I got lots of reference photos, drew out um, what I could see. And some of those pieces I literally cut out, put onto foam, and then stuck it on my hand um, after like maybe painting it, carving it a little bit to make it look a little bit more 3D. Wow. But like the finger pieces, I knew, of course, they had to be a bit longer so they could wrap around my hand. And that just took like wrapping my finger in a bit of duct tape and then drawing out the pattern and cutting it out and going, okay, that's one. And then I'm pretty sure there's a photo of all the finger pieces. I think it's an oh, orange foam. <laughs> oh, that was know. the orange foam right here. Oh, yeah, that's all the finger These pieces. These are the finger so, pieces. They look yeah, like so they're just, Halloween <laughs> decorations or something. Like you wouldn't even yeah, guess. Yeah, they look little, like little ghosts or something. But <laughs> Little bats. Um, These are bats, definitely. Yeah, oh, yeah, little bats. That's better. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, and then see, here's um, the hand, too. Um yeah, that one post got a lot of attention, I noticed, just because it was very, I've noticed that whatever I post, like, people like all the cosplay heavy things, even if they don't really know that it's a leader, battle angel, right. but they can tell like, hey, this is foam and this girl's made this, then they're like, ah, like, that's definitely the post that get the most attention for me. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. And is it another dumb question, but is this warm? Like, it's got to be warm if you're wearing yeah, it wrapped is. in foam. Yeah, Yep. EVA foam does not breathe. Um, yeah. It's very insulating. <laughs> so then you're, um, yeah, you're literally gluing these pieces on, it looks like. Yes. That you've yes. measured and cut and precisely done. And oh, man. Yeah. And really, it's it's not as hard and complicated as it looks. It just takes like a lot of trial and error. Like be prepared for it to stick it all together and then go, oh, mm. crap. This bit doesn't move well or this bit's too big. Yeah. And so quite often you'll just chop it off and work with it and pretend well, that it didn't happen no one will notice but those were the last of some of the behind scenes photos that i got and i've gone back just to these uh professional yeah, so ones that are the taken. reason uh well most I, I love to give a lot of the credit to the photographer um his instagram is eclectic cohesion he's based in sydney too he is a big alita fan and contacted me and he's actually this is the second time he shot my alita the first time was at supernova where he had like 10 minutes he'd chuck me up against the wall with a light and it was like just literally a light that was next to the wall and we took a few huh. and um, they looked really really good and i was very impressed by his work in that like 10 minutes i was like wow <laughs> this is really cool um and then yeah this is at um cockatoo island um so my first like location shoot oh really uh, that i did it was like a cool warehouse very no. abandoned -y. I'll admit, being, a, being Canadian, I've never been to Cockatoo Island, but it sounds like I a very cool either. island. <laughs> um, it's uh, in Darling Harbour, I believe. Uh, it's uh, a short ferry ride, um, and it's an industrial sort of island. I'm actually not sure what the tourist attraction is there. I think it's just mm. um, something that Sydney people go and do. I hadn't done it until I did the shoot. 
but I was very, very quiet when I went there. It was like barely anyone there. And apparently it's one of the most haunted places in the, <laughs> in Australia. Uh, my photographer told me and I was like, oh, great. <laughs> I'm just going to, that's awesome. I'm just going to look at a few more photos from your Instagram here before I stop screen sharing and get back to your face. Um, <laughs> but like you've done, so besides the Alita stuff, you've done some really crazy, like Wonder Woman. Like this is oh, yeah. fantastic. You've done Black Widow. Like this is like, oh, to me, this you. is, like, as good as you can get that's out there. And oh, I can tell that you're I very don't know about committed. That. <laughs> well, hey, this is certainly, let's say, a very good start then for, for someone uh, at your age, 20 years old, who's just sort of getting seemingly serious about and starting to post about it. Like, you're doing well. Well done. Well, thank you. So I'm going to stop screen sharing here. And I'm a bit ADHD. And mm -hmm. I get distracted if I've got too much going on. So I'm going to stop the screen share. Okay, <laughs> we're back to you. And uh, so now people have a bit of context. And I'm sorry if you were listening and you didn't get to see those wicked awesome images. Um, instead, you'll just have to go to her Instagram, which is? Albuquerque Makes. But I'm going to probably change it in the future because no <laughs> one knows how to spell Albuquerque. <laughs> okay. And even though actually everyone knows how to spell Albuquerque. Mine's just a weird nickname that my dad gave me. Huh. Uh, so it's actually not the place Albuquerque or anything. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> That's a very cool nickname. Um, it's a very dad name just, to give someone named Allie. <laughs> yeah, it was always, yeah, Kirk's or Albuquerque. I don't know where he got it, but that's what it is. <laughs> right on. So just a little bit more of your story then, because you're 20 and you're going to school for something quite related, wouldn't you say? Yes. Um, I just got into, when I say just got into, it's currently April and I got in and... Um, uh, this year, I just started a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Properties and Objects, which is basically prop making. Um, Sounds like Hogwarts. I Yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it is the Hogwarts of um, of theatre worlds. Um, I'm kind of in one of the niche um, bachelors or disciplines, you could say, the prop making. There's only six of us um, really? in the class. Yeah, and there's um, three three year levels. So there's 18 prop makers in the whole school. Wow. Um and yeah, there's yeah, year one, year two, year three. I'm in year one. Um, and yeah, it is a really fun place to be. You have a lot of access to lots of tools. Like you learn metalwork, woodwork, um, leather work. You learn to work with silicones and polymers and just stuff like that that I was like really eager to get my hands on when I was like first getting into cosplay and I was researching the crap out of cosplay and like all the different techniques you can use. And they all sounded really fun and really expensive. Hmm. <laughs> and I was like, hmm. So I'm either going to study this, and obviously that's what I chose to do. Um, I actually dropped out of a nursing degree um, in order to do it, um, which was, yeah. Um, that's a bold decision. Just what I did. Um, going out of school, I was like, right, definitely need a, a need a job, need to make some money. So right. I was like, nursing's great. I like helping people. A lot of my friends wanted to be nurses. Um, that didn't really affect my decision to do it at the time because at the time I hadn't made all my nursing friends. Right. But, um, I knew a couple of people that were going into it and um, I respected nurses a lot and I still do. Um, I just found that it wasn't creative enough. Um, I was cosplaying on the side and all of my attention was going to cosplay and learning about new techniques and upgrading my skills and things. And I thought, this is what I really love doing. Um, so I deferred for a year and then, um, yeah, I applied for NIDA the year after that um, and got in and I don't know how I got in. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think your, your Instagram shows that's how you got in because, I mean, whatever they saw, they they knew that uh, you had the potential to be a good prop maker and beyond. So 
I think that it's a credit, like, we have very different life experience, but in some ways we're quite similar. So you're 20, I'm 29, I turned 30 this year. I've already got a few kids on my plate, so to speak. Um, I got quite ingrained in a career, but for me, I really wanted to do writing. I wanted to get into these creative things and I was starting to go to school for psychology when I was 20. I did that for about two years, realized I was only taking it because I wanted to become a good writer. And it was oh, like, why am I, why are you in school for psychology to become a good writer? Well, I think it was because I wanted to understand more of the human condition. But mm. that little, uh, that little change in my brain made me feel like I needed to not do that and instead pursue creativity. But I mean, I was just starting to rack up personal responsibilities, becoming an adult. And it was very much, I'm going to get a Joe job and just do it on the side and maybe hopefully do a, what's that called? Moonlighting. I was going to do that until it would take over eventually. Um, okay. And my creativity kind of evolved and, you know, I got more into music and whatnot, but it That's was really a grind. Cool. Lots of different jobs that I didn't like. Mm. A lot of trouble, a lot of pain, you know, a lot of depression at times and some successes. Yeah. And it's only been within this last six months that I've gone full into creative work now as my main occupation. And I'm able mm. to like structure my day now that, you know, I can run a podcast and like there's other things that I can pursue that's related to my passion. So I see. when I see what you've done, you know, and just like you were going to go and you started and then you were like, yeah, this isn't right. And very early made this decision to pursue creativity in a relatively concrete way, right? Like you're learning some skill that is going to be saleable, right? People will pay you to do this when you're good at it. Um, hopefully. That's hopefully. Plan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think for sure that's in your future. It's really, it's just really cool to see like that you had that kind of knowledge about yourself so far anyway. It just, yeah, did not feel right. And I'm sure that's like, I'm getting reminded of the the title of this podcast, the creative insanity at the moment. Like it's kind of mm. how you feel when you're doing something, you know that it's going to take some effort to get out of it, even though you know it's kind of like, um, yeah, it's just not right for you. Like nothing wrong with the profession at all. It just doesn't sit with you. Um, your yeah. attention's not all there. And I just didn't have as much to give as a nurse as I did as a creative person. And I did feel bad about that for a little while. But <laughs> right. but then, um, yeah, of course, moved on and loved being at NIDA, which is the... Um, the institution that I'm studying at at the moment. Right. So you've kind of answered for me in part why you think you're creative um, a little bit. And that's a really tough question to answer. I don't even know if I could answer it, but <laughs> I do know that something we talked about kind of in, in like our pre-chat before we, we got on the podcast here that came up spontaneously was um, your faith actually plays yes. a role. And that was really interesting for me because I'm Catholic. Um, mm -hmm. I'm what I think most people would consider a bad Catholic. I try. I try real hard. <laughs> um, like I want to go to Mass. Um, I feel like it's my obligation. Obviously with COVID stuff at time of this recording, Mass isn't happening. Like there's a lot mm -hmm. of restrictions. and But I try and I have a constant guilty complex. You are a cosplaying designer and cosplayer and you were like, my faith plays a role in what I do. And that's two things I don't normally associate. So I want you to walk me through that. How, what role does your faith play? 
not as big a role as I want it to. I do want like, you know, everything I do to stem from my faith. It is where I'd like to get my strength from, what I call my strength or my family. Um, I don't like to term, you know, to, um, to label religious people at all, but um, I've learned through like political social media and things that, you know, Catholics have different names for each other, like traditional Catholics or cradle Catholics. So I'd never heard these terms before, like even maybe a month ago. And so I've, yeah, I've been brought up Catholic. So I think there is a name for me. I could think it could be a cradle Catholic, but yeah. I'm just Catholic. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like um, Catholic means universal, right? So yeah, it's, yeah, I always thought it was a little bit silly that, yeah, like we were labeling people, um, in the, in an already kind of labeled, like bigger <laughs> thing, but, but, um, anyway, um, hmm, how does my faith drive my creativity? I don't know if it comes from the, like maybe a, a, a sort of innate desire to create just anything like when you are creating something or when you don't create something, you definitely go through that little bit of like stir craziness where you're like, I just need to make something. And you start Googling and mm. researching and going, what can I make in a day? What, what materials do I have in order to like express this need to make something? Um, and I'm not sure if that's connected to my faith um, at all. I'd say, I, yeah, I would like to say everything is. Um, it's definitely when I have a clearer head, when I pray a bit more, um, when I'm in contact with my friends who are also um, – Catholic or Christian, um, I definitely create more without stress. Um, the stress of creating, there's also like, yeah, I guess stress with creating things. Like you just want to create and create and create. And when mm. it doesn't work out, you're like, oh, well, I'm just bad <laughs> at yeah, creating things. Yeah, you get in this obsessive mind state <laughs> and you blame yourself for things going not as you hoped. Yeah. So I guess you could say my faith helps me um, just get out of the little, like the, the rut and where you're not creating anything. Um definitely is a mind clearer. Um, praying definitely for me is just a way of uh, clearing my thoughts and giving it all to God basically and saying, you take care of it. Yours, do it. <laughs> Help me mm. um, sort of thing. So it seems like it kind of plays a, I don't know, like a medic. I'm thinking of like Dungeons Dragons. <laughs> like there's someone always like, so it's like a, it's a very supportive thing in that it's yeah. helping you stay sane while you're pursuing something that in many objective senses, is completely insane. You know, like you're, <laughs> you're you're doing things that there are some people who their predisposition in life, they would look at it and be like, why would you ever spend time cutting, measuring foam and cutting it out and making designs? Like, why would you ever want to do that? And I mean, I grew up in Alberta, Canada. Um, mm -hmm. One way you can think of Alberta, and I say this affectionately, because um, I like Texas too. We're like the Texas of Canada. Texas <laughs> is considered like, you know, the real down south and real conservative. And in Alberta, we're very similar in Canada. And so I grew up around a lot of trades people, a lot of people mm. who would look at the artsy fartsy things, not everyone, but a lot of people. And they'd be like, what are you doing? Like, get a yeah. job, you know, like, like get something, make some money. And then, yeah, do a little bit on the side or whatever. But you said something really key. And you said that it's a need, like when you feel like you need to create something. And I think that in my own philosophy of things, that's a big differentiator between like, I guess like a casual creative and like a true creative. And I think that it's not a better than, worse than situation. It's a different way of being. Mm -hmm. God, I think, makes all sorts of interesting people but some people get kind of grouped together in that some people are massively creative and it is a need. 
if you can't create, I know for myself, um, I go crazy in mm -hmm. really, really bad ways. And like all my vices kick in and like, there's, there's so many things that drag me down, um, that I needed to maintain my own mental health. It's like a form of coping or therapy or something just to, to, to have to create, to put something out there. Definitely. And I think there's also a lot of satisfaction and, um, I guess, yeah, almost pride. Pride sounds bad in a faith context, but um, mm -hmm. like when you, when you do finish something, you're proud of it and you want to show it to people and you get good feedback on it and it just inspires you to create more and it it, it just puts you in a bit more of a positive mindset after you finish something. You just, it's almost addicting, like finishing creating something. Yeah, the finishing um, just, part, absolutely. Yeah, is yeah, like I'm addicted to all processes of it, the beginning, the researching to the like taking photos to the showing people like finished projects finished product stage yeah um but yeah there's definitely something um addictive about finishing projects <laughs> yeah i learned that as well i know that uh i kind of went through a gamut of creative aspirations when i was a kid i wanted to be an actor at first and then mm. i was composing i was making little things up on the piano and i thought oh, i want to be like john williams i want to make music scores for film yeah. And that was probably a big driving force. And then acting kind of came back and then writing in about grade 10. I wanted to be a writer. I wrote as I was a little kid, like I had writing, acting, like all these things kind of swirling in my head and music seemed like a given. It was like, I just did music. I didn't think about it. I strive for mm -hmm. other things. But when I started writing, I didn't finish things very quickly. And I remember the two years after high school, I just worked and tried to save up for school or something. And I got, I applied to acting school. That was originally what I was going to go to. But in the year I was waiting to go to acting school, um, I tried to build the habit of writing. And, you know, you can do that every day, but when you write for every day for a year and you're an inexperienced writer and you're, you're just trying to learn how to scene to scene and then you're deleting stuff and it's such a process. Mm that you're not finishing, I was like, I need to write short stories. I need to like get to this point where I feel like I've completed something. And I did some of that, but it was really when music kicked in for me quite seriously, I found that I could write, produce and get something done like within a few days or within a day sometimes, like within a week, I was getting things done much quicker. And that reciprocal finishing thing made me keep coming back to it more and more. I think psychologically, because, I mean, you must have a happy dance or something. Like when you've got that thing and it's there and oh, it's yeah. done. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if there was a camera looking at you when you just finished like the Alita thing or something, and you just put it on for the first time and you're like, oh, like, what does that feel like? Honestly, I'd probably fall on my bed and just like, I'd probably finish painting the last thing and be like, oh. Oh, because you're exhausted. <laughs> it's, a, it's a relief. It's happy. And then like after I've had my, like, because usually cosplayers can relate to this like it's actually called a thing called con crunch or like crunching before a con is um a term used to describe the chaos hmm. like the utter chaos the lack of sleep the um yeah. like you just neglect everything else and you finish this costume um in order to for it to be wearable for a convention either the next day or like the next week um and all my friends and family know that I'm like, cause I usually, I drag people to conventions with me and I'm like, oh, we can, you can dress up as this character and I'll be this character. We'll be a big happy <laughs> squad. But of course I'm the one doing all the costuming cause it's what I like doing and they don't know how to do it and they want to, and they like coming over. We'll have like a little 
you know, hangout session where we all stay up and we try and costume, but it's usually me at 4am painting, like right. maybe heat gunning something together and they're all on the couch like, ugh. <laughs> um, but then you always have enough energy for the con the next day, no matter how, like, even if you get zero sleep, it's still like, so you're so hyped. So like, just mm-hmm. put on this thing that you've made. Um, or like hold this sword that you've, you know, sanded and painted and just put all this work into and then go and take photos with other cosplayers who have done the same thing and go and relate to them about having no sleep the night before. <laughs> it's just addicting and fun. <laughs> so what role does the social element play for you? Because it seems like this is the kind of thing that you could be doing by yourself for great swaths of time. And then Oh, it definitely is. And there's a balance. There's a there's a mix of uh, social um, positives and negatives for me because, of course, cosplaying is addictive. And I um, I'm at NIDA, which is the um, what I study, um, from nine to six every weekday. So that cuts out cosplay time pretty much like to only uh, weekends and night times. And so I don't get to do it as much as I did last year when I could just do it all right. year because I wasn't studying anything. So now I've got to decide how I spend my out-of-study time. I can either neglect my friends and cosplay uh, or I can jump on Discord. We have we have this little Friday night Discord disco party where we um we all jump on. We have a couple of drinks and we play Minecraft or Jackbox TV or whatever we feel like um, kind of just binge playing. That's awesome. <laughs> and yes, we're all, we're all 20, 21, 22, and yes, we play Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Minecraft maybe, is another creative outlet. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. See, I I missed that boat. It was <laughs> it was all Lego for me. I played Lego. I love Lego. Yeah. But Minecraft <laughs> was coming up where I people my age were getting into it. Um, hmm. But I just I have was busy with other things. I had a point like I love video games too, but I uh, I'm a dad and I just like don't have time. <laughs> For video games these days. Oh, honestly, Minecraft is a, a bit of a guilty pleasure of like most people. And I was of the generation where like, mm, I think maybe in grade six or seven is when it kind of was like booming. Like oh, we had yeah. Minecraft everywhere. All the cool kids were playing Minecraft. All the nerdy kids were playing Minecraft. All the kids in between were playing Minecraft. Wow. It was, and then like we kind of grew up with it. And I would like to say that we were the nerdy squad in my my year group. We weren't popular. We weren't not popular either. But right. we were known as the nerdy group. Like we liked sci-fi movies and all that. And honestly, we didn't actually play Minecraft during high school, but we did after high school as a means of connecting again. We were like, you know what? I've started playing Minecraft again. Come join me. And so right. someone has a server. And it's actually perfect for this quarantining because um, it's so connective. You can see each other. You can build things. You can chat as you're doing it. And it's just great fun. I highly yeah. recommend getting back into Minecraft if you're looking for something to do uh, <laughs> during during this isolation. <laughs> That's awesome. I know that I played Destiny 2, first-person shooter. Oh, yeah. I played that with my <laughs> brothers. See, I think sev- some years ago, um, video games, they used to be uh, an escape for me. I would play a lot of video games. I'd watch movies. I love film. I love TV. I think I mm-hmm. squandered a lot of my uh, talent at the time, a lot of my natural disposition to learn skills because I was doing too much of that and Mm -hmm. I got busy with life and I wanted to get serious about music and eventually I hit a point where the only time I would play a video game is because it was social if I was playing Civ Civ 6 or or Civ 5 or whatever with my buddy it's because I couldn't see him anyway and this way we could talk a bit while we were playing or for like Destiny or Halo or something that was with my brothers I got three brothers and it's a way that we can connect now that we all live in different towns and cities. 
And so it's been actually, I think it's like over six months that we've had a game or anything. And it, they're so seldom. But we've just instituted like every two weeks, every fr- second Friday night, I'm going to try to play a little bit of Destiny with my brothers. Because, yeah, I mean, can't see them right now. Can't go and see anybody yeah, right now. Exactly. It's a nice way to connect and do some do something social. Mm. Yeah. And um, one thing I did want to bring back to Faith really quickly, I did think of it and I forgot about when um, we were talking about it. Sorry if this completely crosses the, no, what that's we're talking good. about. I was going to go back to it too, so I'm glad you did. Oh. <laughs> well, I was going to say my Faith and um, particularly social media, cosplay, I'd say um, more than anything, it's a challenge as well as an um, um, outlet escape sort of safety net because um, it's quite well known, like, it's quite looked down upon to be religious nowadays, especially in like worlds like social media and things. If you're preaching and um, putting your faith out, it's, you know, you're always going to get negativity. You're always going to get like, even if you don't mean to offend anyone or you're just trying to spread what you believe, like there's always that fear, like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Definitely yeah. going to get judged. It's not mainstream. <laughs> Definitely shouldn't post this. Yeah, I know Sorry? what you mean. I know what you mean. It's not mainstream. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not mainstream. And so I've definitely felt a little bit of a calling to at one point when I'm um, maybe a little bit more popular or like just doing it a bit more actively online, I'm definitely going to combine the two a bit more strongly. Um, But at the moment, I don't really feel the need yet. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely, um, I can definitely feel there's a challenge coming up between like between my creativity and my cosplay and combining it publicly with my faith and saying like this is how it is this is what i believe and um things like that so i thought the challenge of it is definitely interesting in the creative world because you get creative people of all different types um all different you know backgrounds and everything which is what's great about being creative because you can relate um Mm. but yeah there is that that fear (laughs) of um to to say that you're religious um in today's world I know what you mean. And I think, um, not to point out your age, but I think that that fear might be more even prominent for you because you're so young, you know, like you, (laughs) you're just getting into the social media thing too. Um, I know at that age for myself, there was a lot of self-discovery happening. It's kind of a scary thing to put yourself out there. And I'm 29 and I don't often talk open about my faith whatsoever. And like, I'm a rap artist. If you listen to my music, like it's it's secular in the sense that if you don't have a faith background, you might hear the odd thing that comes up, but I don't think it's going to drive you away. And then, mm. but it's not all that predominantly Christian or Catholic. Like I do swear in my music sometimes, and I know that that's not really good in Christian music circles, but it's just, it's ah. just me being <laughs> me. Yeah. Like. It's so, so open to interpretation and um, whatever you feel, I think, personally convicted to put out there. Like, I've been just um, binging a lot of YouTube and finding a lot of YouTubers in the secular world, just bloggers and things like that I've just been watching. And, like, the more I dig into their, like, videos and stuff, I found that they'll just mention, oh, yeah, I happen to be Christian or while I was at church the other day. And I'm like, oh, this person's got, like, 4 million subscribers and they're, <laughs> like, totally Catholic or Christian. And I was like... It can be done. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is doable. Yeah, and I think um, that that is absolutely true. And what I'm learning is that you just be yourself and mm. like there's gonna be well there are. There are a lot of cosplayers out there. There's a lot of cosplay designers. There's a lot of people who do uh similar work to what you're passionate about. 
But one of the things that can differentiate you in a way is you being vulnerable about your own thoughts, feelings, and beliefs sometimes. Like, mm. and, I, and you need to think that through, you know, and have your own kind of approach. But I think you've got it right, is that you, my philosophy is like authenticity is super important. And mm. if I have to fake it, if, I, if I'm on this podcast and I have to fake it and not be myself, that is terrible for me. That's not fun for me. Mm. I don't want to do that. Why am I going to waste my time? If I have to fake it in my music, I, I'm not going to, I'm going to hate it. If I have to fake yep. anything, you're going to hate something called cognitive dissonance. Um, you know, mm. if you have a certain thought or certain belief system in place that says I should act and behave in this way. And if you act in conflict to it, you will experience cognitive dissonance. And there's all sorts of problems that can happen from that. Um, there's a lot of shame dynamic, like people who have addictions, for instance, like, hey, I'm a, you know, I'm an alcoholic, but I believe that alcoholism is bad. So then they mm. feel shameful and shameful people make bad decisions. Shameful people are more likely to pick up that drink. So you get the yeah. same, yeah, you get the same kind of mentality if you're not authentic. So doesn't mean you have to be overly preachy. It doesn't mean you, like, like, are you, do you have a ministry? Are you trying to like, your purpose is to just get out there and preach the good news or is it that you can just be yourself and not be in, not pretend to be something you're not? And then you'll find that I think people resonate with that authenticity and mm. they'll be more likely to fo- Like, I don't follow a lot of cosplayer type people, but like, I'm following you and it's cool. And I find out that you have <laughs> faith and it's like, that's even cooler for me because I like to see you interact in that way. Yeah. I definitely believe um, about the cognitive, di- cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. that it's definitely true for a lot of creative people and and religious people, um, particularly the combination of the two, because I, I I would think that religious people have a bigger um I just said the word before. <laughs> um not conscience, but um guilt complex. It's a word for that, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um uh yeah, a bigger guilt complex. And so they're they're yeah, pretty prone to falling in the trap of like um yeah, being feeling shameful and feeling guilty about things that they do or don't do. Um, and yeah, it's definitely a, a complicated relationship. Um, but one that, you know, presents a challenge. And if you're a positive person, you take it and you're like, okay, I can, I can work towards this. I'm going to become more self-aware or yeah. read into um, this kind of stuff a bit more and just try and work through it. And usually I think with time, people will get over, or not get over, but learn from, grow from their um yeah. Troubles like this, um, yeah, to do with their mind, <laughs> mind, um, position, <laughs> brain position. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. The, what's interesting is that I think like, what kind of world do you want to live in? One where people like yourself who, who have a faith, who you're probably fairly normally adjusted and you're not shouting about your faith all the time. Because there's, it's not like to say that there's a time and a place, but it's just like, it's part of who you are and it comes out in a way in everything that you do. Um, and as Catholics, I mean, there's a bit of that. Is a St. Francis of Assisi or whatever, who is, uh, you know, always preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. Is that? Oh, yeah. I'm, mis- I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. But, I'm um... misquoting some saints. There's some Catholics rolling mm. their eyes at that one right now. but No, but that's a really good... Um really good quote and I definitely um, 
definitely agree and am of the mindset that yeah preaching preaching the gospel or spreading the good word is just being kind to people um being yourself as well being true being authentic all the things that you said before um is a way of spreading um god's love or however you want to put it um Mm -hmm. just yeah mostly being authentic and trying to be a decent human being (laughs) yeah Um, what was what's what's some cosplay you would never want to do do you have anything I'm sure there is. It's hard to pull one out of my mind. I'm sure someone's going to be insulted. Mm. Um, the fact that you're like, having trouble. Reason? I'm like, but for what reason? I'm like, what character do I really just not like? I'd say they'd have to be boring characters, like characters that don't have cool costumes or something. Right. Um, um, so that's tough. It's funny. It's just the way your mind works. You're like, everything is cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I really, oh, you, every time I watch, I just watched the movie Onward um, last night. Oh, it's uh, so good. Film. I loved it. It was oh, yeah. so good. Um, there are some movies that just speak to the magic in you. <laughs> yeah, that was one <laughs> that of was, them. That was definitely one of them. See, um, I wonder if I had a different angle too. Like for me, I had that going on. But the fact that there is a father relationship, father and his boys, um, mm. as I'm a dad, I got three young girls, anything yeah. that touches the heartstrings in, in that vein, I'm like weeping. <laughs> so like, oh, I was weeping and like, like in a funny way I could relate to the, the older brother character. Cause I have a younger brother who is, if you were to animate him in like elf form, he'd be that, that character, the Ian character. Right. Um, he dresses like him. His hair is like him, not blue, but, <laughs> of course. but, um, but honestly, like the kind of shy, even like everyone, he popped on the screen and my whole family was like, ah, <laughs> this is, yeah, my brother's name is, um, actually I won't say because he doesn't like his name um, on the internet too much. It's but clearly George. Really it's George, right? It could be George. <laughs> close to George. Yeah. Uh, now my brother's Instagram is HeroGollum3D. He's like an amazing modeler, animator, um, model, like 3D modeler. Oh, sweet. Um, anything, yeah, anything I need him to do, like for cosplay, I, I plan on utilizing his services. <laughs> I plan on... Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, getting him to model me a sword or something and then I'll 3D print it and cast it or something. But that's, yeah, me getting excited about, yeah. Um, I love to fangirl about my brother. He's just the sweetest, <laughs> he's super talented. <laughs> well, that's really, really nice. He's lucky to have such a kind sister who likes him. <laughs> yeah, um, I do take pride in our relationship. We, Yeah, he's a... One of my best friends. Um, but yeah, just going back to Onward quickly because I enjoyed it so much. Um, it was definitely like, even though the older brother wasn't a boy, I wasn't a girl, um, I could definitely relate to that sibling relationship and just being there for my little brother all the time, kind of being the confident, sort of like outgoing, even though like, you know, we must go onwards on a quest, like young brother, follow, hence follow me sort of thing. That's kind of how I talk to him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it was really fun to, to watch and um. Yeah, see us in those in that pair. <laughs> yeah, so cosplay ideas right there. See, that's, oh, definitely. It's such a cool art form. Like, I think I would do it actually. Um, so, I'm not sure how many people will care about this. So, like, I did this Elite Battle Angel thing, and it was like hmm. something I'm super proud of. And I don't, I don't effectively cosplay as her, but I sort of take on her likeness in some way. I get the blood on here, and um, yeah, yeah. The next, I'm going to do that with another film that I love. I'm going to do a rapification of another film. It's not going to be the only thing I do. Like I have all sorts of other music that I'm putting out there. But every so often I'm going to put out a big film project like this. And the next one I'm doing is going to be Logan. 
and oh. I have, oh yeah have you seen it yeah yeah oh yeah yeah so that one oh man there's so much i could talk all days about that but i love that film so much and the message in that film and everything about it and my goal is to essentially cosplay as him in a way because um i'm in i'm in okay shape um hugh jackman is obviously jacked in very okay very shape. okay shape and i i i plan to film in like four months and i ain't gonna gain 30 pounds of muscle in four months i'm, I'm pretty thin frame but like i'm basically gonna just try my hardest to get in as as ripped a shape as i possibly can so that i can emulate that role in some way and i'm gonna kind of up the ante i'm gonna try to try, try to up the ante in terms of the film aspect mm. and work with some 3d designers and whatnot because be so I cool. want to get some want to get some blade action happening. Would you would you build the blades as well as a physical prop, or would you do it like both? Only um, with your help, only with your guidance. Because I actually do plan to make Wolverine claws. Because for Nida, we learned we had to make an aluminium um, knife. Like we were just learning oh, how to make wow. a dagger, a prop dagger. Yeah. And I'd never worked with metal. It's always been foam or like emulating metal, like mm-hmm. with cardboard or um, I haven't even done wood. So I was very like very um new to actual prop making i did all the fake the prop prop making yeah (laughs) um and so yeah we just started using aluminium um which is really easy to work with it's really it's a soft metal um you can file it easy and i i saw the aluminium sheet metal and um i was like wolverine oh man it's awesome the best wolverine claws ever and um my dad happens to own a business which is a sign business. And so his company has a lot of like scrap material. Like I even happened to have aluminium and a big laser cutter. And I was like, if I can just draw out a design oh, man. And, yeah. and cut it out on sheet metal and then just file it, sharpen it myself. Cause at NIDA, of course, you're not allowed to sharpen the things more than like oh, a certain amount because I'm their prop dagger. So you can't actually have them sharp, but at home <laughs> right. I can sharp or like cool as I want. So yeah, yeah. Logan's cool. definitely on the daggers, not daggers. Well, Logan, um, yeah, if, if I don't like, uh, utilize your services in some way for it, <laughs> like I'll certainly hope, hope to get some insight from you because like, I want, yeah, I want to emulate it in some authentic way, just in the best way that I can. Um, but I have mm. in mind, like I, I basically want to recreate a little bit of action with it. And so I know that I'm not really going to be able to drive a blade through someone's head. So it would be important to get some CGI. So I'm actually talk. I'm going to be having a conversation with uh, someone who won't come on the podcast because they they sign non disclosure agreements. But there's someone who's uh, works at Weta, uh, Weta Digital. <gasps> that is my dream. Oh, is it really? <laughs> Weta is my um, been my dream like job since. I'm not sure if it still is, but I say it is because it's you know Weta Workshop Man. is. I love well, Lord of the Rings. Love all of that. Yeah, I don't. He was the head. He was one of the lead guys, I guess, on Elite Battle Angel, and so that's sort of how I connected with yeah. him. And yeah, like they have non-disclosure. I haven't had this conversation yet, but mm. knowing that um, you're excited about that, I'll definitely have to pass that along because I mean he seems really friendly and nice. Um, but yeah, basically like graph the 3D design and whatnot. I'll have to hook you up. You know, that'd be really. Oh my really goodness, cool. I have no reason yet, but <laughs> <laughs> but still, oh. Yeah. Amazing. Well, okay. I feel like I feel like we're sort of coming around in this conversation that the excitement over projects is something we we share and like I feel like I could yes. just talk to you uh, all day about what's going on. 
And I actually have this project in the works. Um, on the, the, I'm sorry if you're about to wrap up there. No, but no, I no, need to... no. Tell me, tell me a bit about this project because that was the next thing I was going to ask. Actually, like, what do you oh. got going on? What's the next thing? What are you working well, towards? I'm a bit of a spontaneous maker. Like, you know, when you get that itch to make something, you're just like, okay, I'm just going to pick up this project and run with it. I had this idea. Um, I'm a bit of a I'm a, bit, I'm a big Disney fan and a little bit of a Frozen fan. It's never been my like absolute favorite Disney film. Right. You having three girls, I'm sure would be very, um, very, oh, yeah. I've, very I've, accustomed to Frozen songs and everything. Yeah. Frozen 2, I um, actually really loved and I'm, I'm doing so some. So did I. I did really you? loved Frozen 2. I didn't so much love number one. Like when it came out, I We're was We're the like, same. We're the same person. What's all the hype about? Like it was, yeah. it was good. <laughs> Um, and honestly, I appreciate it more now that I really like number two. I was like, oh, I really like Anna. There was, of course, there was a few like Kristoff and Anna. Their kind of chemistry is a little bit weird. Number two, I was like a little bit weird. But yeah. um, but, but there was something lovable I mean, about it, right? Oh, yeah. I love, I've always been a bigger Anna fan than I have an Elsa fan. Um, oh, man. I can't um, wait to like, I want to tell you what I'm working on with it too. I'm doing a project, but you go first. Oh, well, I happen to be a singer as well, and I love all of the songs from Frozen. What? You're um, a singer too? Uh, yeah, I love singing. <laughs> not a professional, not professionally. I did, I did like a little bit of lessons. Like I kind of bounced around from different, like not singing schools, but like I bounced around trying to find a good one. And eventually um, I settled in um, in my parish. There was a, a friend of mine who had an older sister who was doing singing lessons, and we just did it at the church, um, proper like paid singing lessons. I think I did that for about a year, but um, that was mostly just like strengthening my voice. I honestly need to get back into that because my voice has gotten so weak <laughs> hmm. um, since I stopped like actually practicing singing. It is um, a muscle. It is. It, if you don't like, um, it's so croaky at the moment just from the cold and um, mm. <clears throat> everything. So probably not the best day to do a podcast, honestly. But It's, um, it's all good. <laughs> You're doing fine. You're doing good. You look healthy. Oh, you. oh good, good, good. Hmm. Um, anyway long-winded explanation for this um project that it's not in the works it's an idea that i bought fabric for um a bit more of a armorist foam smith than a fabric worker sewer but i do have this project that i want to do and i don't know where it came from but i was listening to the frozen soundtrack like number two and i like the panic at the disco version of into the unknown yeah yeah that they play at the credit song and i just got this random like what if Elsa was evil? And I'm sure other people have had this idea um, because, you know, she's kind of, you know, the villain in number one. And I was like, I'm sure people have cosplayed as like a dark sort of Elsa, right. like when they, they switch the colors out and they make her evil. And I did look it up and there were some cool ideas and stuff, but nothing huge. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make this music video and I don't know if this is actually going to happen or if people want to see it. I don't really mind. I kind of just want to film it. Um, I want to see have it. Well, I just wanted to make this music video where I kind of market it. Actually, I'm going to spoil what happens. Right, <laughs> um, right. Got to be careful. Be frozen a... spoilers or... Oh, not frozen spoilers, but like my idea spoilers. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I know um, what you mean. I, I feel reserved sometimes sharing, but I hit a point recently that I'm like, you know what? For me, people might care about you, but nobody cares. I'm just going to... I just say what's going on. And if anything, it just builds excitement. So... Okay. Um, well, this was, I have no problem sharing the idea or whatnot, but um, part of the idea is to like kind of not mislead what the video is going to be about, but kind of do that exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and basically I was just going to make um, a dark Elsa costume and I'm in, can I, can I spoil Frozen 2? Is that, is that allowed? Um, let's, 
Let's do it. Okay. Spoiler real brief. So spoilers are coming. If if plug your Frozen ears for a second, <laughs> she's gonna spoil it real quick. Okay, so at the end of Frozen Two, when Elsa um I'm gonna spoil it. If you haven't stopped listening, you haven't watched it. <laughs> don't don't listen to this next bit. Uh, where she kind of finds herself and she gets her new dress and um the voice that's calling her all the all through the movie, she's like I know what's calling me is good. And like, I know my magic can feel it. It's definitely good. And mm-hmm. she gets there. And of course it is good. Um, you know, it's kind of her mother's voice and it's really nice. I was like, but what if it wasn't good? Right. <laughs> what if, mm. what if this voice was actually evil and they want her to like, they want her power. They want to like, you know, make her evil sort of thing. And so when she like steps on the, the little ice thing and you know, the, the crescendo bit of the song happens and she gets some, um, she realizes who she is. I was like, what if I made a music video where, She's like searching so desperately for who she is and like to be accepted and all that. And then suddenly like she steps on this thing and it's like actually more of a evil thing that happens. And so she transforms into this like dark sort of Elsa and then all of the elemental crystals instead of being like happy elemental crystals, I was going to make them into like kind of a red one, which is like still fire because fire can be evil if I want it to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And like have all these like, I don't know, maybe shadow or darkness or something. And she was going to become like the evil the evil ice queen and i was just gonna start playing the into the un- not the into yeah into the unknown pan and get the disco version at that point with the electric guitar and i was like i'm gonna make a really cool video <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> it was a shower thought that i've been fleshing out now i just want a dark elsa costume to be right. honest but <laughs> well um, spoilers are over if anyone's curious yeah. <laughs> spoilers are over but yeah no that's that's awesome see for me i do it a, i did a I did a readaptation of one of the songs from Frozen 2 where I add some rap portions to it. And I've actually filmed that music video already, but I just haven't edited it and I'm I'm planning the timing for that release. Uh, but it is one of Anna's songs. Oh, is it um the sad one? It's the one about hopelessness, yeah. Yeah, the sad one. <laughs> it's it's sad, but it's so good. It's so yeah, I like, do like that song. It has a lot of truth behind those words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, and I I heard that and it's about grief and loss. And I was like, man, this Disney film has really uh, taken a big, scary subject for kids and made it palpable or made made Mm. it consumable and understandable and also given them an action plan. Like it's called the next right thing. Yeah, given them how to react to it. Like when you do deal with something horrible that you just feel like you can't get out of, like the best way to go about it is to just, and it's also like, For me, I really like it that they were teaching, like they were kind of sowing the seeds of like how to be strong, how to, Mm -hmm. how to deal with this stuff where like a lot of, you know, kid stuff doesn't do that um, nowadays, but they were sowing like real feelings, real, like, you know, getting them to feel something, hopefully like I did. I don't know if I related to it more than little kids did, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, the, the idea of doing the next right thing, um, which Mm -hmm. is, I don't know, I don't know if that was a spoiler or not. No, not at all. No, that's that's the song title. The um, song title. but, yeah, just when bad things happen, all you can do is like take the next step, do the next right thing, and it just makes it a little bit more, you know, doable, as you said. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> you break it down, right? And so, yeah, I, yeah. I resonate with that. I reproduce it, did my own thing, and that'll come out eventually. Um, That's epic. But yeah. Very cool. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to I'm excited that we've we've been starting to build a friendship here. I'm I'm happy <laughs> to see what else you're doing. Um, where should people go to check out your stuff? I know it's your Instagram. And the caveat, your Instagram handle, you said might change. And by the time this come out, 
maybe it has changed. If that's the case, I'll make sure the intro or the outro has the right place to go. But for now, where do they go? <laughs> Uh, for now, I am Albuquerque Makes, and Albuquerque is A-L-B-A-K-R-K-Y, and then just underscore makes. Um, um, yeah, I'll probably change my real name, Ali Viner, just because I was just, when I started, like, oh, no, people can't really know who I am. Like, that's, I don't right. know, dangerous or something. But now I'm like, no, it's actually not that dangerous. Like, <laughs> eh, it's know. okay. If, it, if, it, if um, there are malicious types of people out there, they have ways of figuring it out, I'm sure, you know. Yeah, I figured. And I was like, if as long as I keep all my private stuff, like my private accounts on private, then mm. it's all right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, at the moment, it's Albuquerque Makes, but it could be Ali something in the future. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope that uh, my listeners and everybody who listens to this gets the chance to go check it out. Your work is phenomenal. I'm really happy that I got to come across you. Um, just accidentally on Instagram land and that you're willing to have this conversation with me, dive into your no, thoughts. I've never, yeah, I've never done anything like this and I was very, very excited too. I really like all your Alita stuff and that you were a fan of Alita and you were yeah, willing to just have a nice creative talk. I was yeah, very keen. Well, thank you. And it shows because it was a great conversation. Okay. <laughs> I hope so. I hope that was, yeah, um, yeah, interesting enough uh, for who, anyone that's listening. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to cut it right there. Bam! Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you found any of this valuable, please consider subscribing, recommending this to a friend, or leaving a positive review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you happen to be listening. If you watch this on my Servant YouTube channel or Facebook page, please leave a comment and share. I love to hear from my listeners and learn from them. Learn more about me at www.servant.com. That's S-R-V-E-N-T dot com. Thank you again for your time. Now go be creative and sane.